Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, uh, this is a cool episode today. Uh, We're talking about a really important subject, how to handle relapses. But before I get in there, um, in case I sound a little bit different, that's because I'm recording from my office, which is really special for me. I normally don't get to do that. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that usually I'm on walks, I'm in my car, I'm just in kind of these obscure places as I record. And usually that's because I've been recording uh, kind of at the crack of dawn. And so my wife is still sleeping in the house. And so I extend kindness to her and I record elsewhere. Uh, But with the recent change to deep clean full time, I'm able to do some recording during the day. I don't have to squish things uh, in the evening or in the wee hours of the morning. And that means that I'm recording from my office today. So this is really fun and, uh, and I think it will actually make for a better experience as well for you guys. So I'm, uh, I'm glad I'm able to do this. Uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, today we're talking about the quickest way to bounce back from a relapse. Now to give a little bit of context, I've actually talked about this before in previous episodes um, and we'll link to it in the show notes. I believe it's episode 28 and that was uh, talking about just in general, what what do you do to recover from a relapse? And we talked a little bit about um, just learning from the mistake. Uh, The operative statement of a relapse is this, a mistake made once is a mistake, a mistake made twice is a choice. So what we wanna do is learn from the mistakes. We wanna figure out what did we do, why did we do it, and what are the necessary adjustments to ensure that mistake does not occur again in the future. And without that kind of approach, you wind up in cycles and abiding by Albert Einstein's definition of insanity, which is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting different results. So that's what episode 28 was about. I want to get really practical today, though. This is kind of um, a little bit more of the nuts and bolts of it. So the episode 28 is talking a little bit about kind of the approach, the philosophy, and how to really capitalize and leverage mistakes so that you learn from them. They have their place. I highly encourage you to go back and listen to that episode as well. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about just a few of the nitty gritty nuts and bolts. And this is based not just on my own story and my own experience. I've shared quite a bit about that throughout the podcast already, but this is actually based on what my clients have shared. These are things that they do that help them recover. And and the reason this subject even came up was uh, in a group coaching call, I I had just asked, um, you know, like guys, let's mastermind this a little bit. What do you guys do to, to bounce back quickly from a relapse? And we got different responses all across the board. And it's one of the things that I love about uh, just dealing with with guys in this area is there's not a cookie cutter method here. Uh, We we have a methodology. It's principle based. There are some specific tools that we expect our clients to use. But the way they use them, the way they apply the principles, uh, it's all unique. And in some ways, we offer a uh, like a nine course meal here at Deep Clean or a seven course meal. And... Uh, like any kind of seven course experience or seven layered experience, 
some parts are going to stick out more than others depending on the person. And we find that to be the, the same case with the program as well. There's, there's just certain aspects that really resonate with some clients and other aspects that resonate. Um, it just it varies from the person and that's a, a really cool part of freedom as well. So we, we think it's important you, you craft your own path to recovery, your own journey, and we just facilitate that along the way and we offer you several options to figure out what sticks here, what works the best. Anyway, that's a long-winded way of sort of introducing the subject, but here is um, here are here are some of the things that we recommend to uh, bounce back from a relapse. And and let me just say one last thing to preface this: how you respond to a relapse matters. Uh, and usually, our number one priority after a slip is to just eliminate the shame, get rid of the feeling, purge cleanse um, and, and try to eliminate it. It, it, it is such a, an awful feeling after a slip of like, what have I done? I'm better than that. Um, I had a good thing going here. Why did I mess it up? Uh, you know, it, it's all of those kinds of thoughts. And generally speaking, when we act on those thoughts, the, the sort of panicked, gotta patch things up as quickly as possible, that's where we make a problem a worse mistake. It, it, it goes from uh, an error to a bigger error. So all is to say is that if you can really uh, learn to recover from relapse as well, you are going to change the trajectory of your recovery journey dramatically. It, it, is, it is going to severely uh, incline your recovery. Uh, and so it, it's going to have a really profound impact. Uh, now, all that is to say, and that's kind of kind of going to lead me into the first thing that you should do. And this was something that uh, one of our clients said, actually. He said, recognize and obliterate shame. And he had said that after going uh, 20 days porn-free. He hadn't gone that long, and um, I don't think he could even recall the last time he had gone that long. Um, it was almost a daily thing when he started. And so uh, he's gone a really long time, um, has a slip. And then he's, he had gone, I think another, it was about another week uh, when he had reached out to us and when we were sort of talking and, and catching up. So first it, we're like, okay, well, dude, way to go. 20 days. That's phenomenal. We, we are huge believers of celebrating victories, big or small here. So that, I mean, that's a huge victory anyway. Uh, but, you know, even when somebody's gone, um, you know, four days of, of freedom after struggling daily, like we, we celebrate those things. We, we celebrate along the way. So um, we started there and then um, I just kind of got curious and I said, well, that's unusual. Usually uh, what happens when somebody has that kind of success for the first time, when they relapse, it's rarely just a day. It, it's usually a couple days. Sometimes it even takes a couple weeks to just get your bearings and really get back into the rhythm of things. And obviously we, we do all of our best um, work here to, to mitigate that turnaround time, but um, that was quick. I was, I was quite impressed. It was just a day. And so I asked him, you know, what, what got you back into the rhythm again so quickly? And he said, oh, that's, that's easy. I, I woke up the next day and just decided I'm not going to let the shame get to me. I'm, I'm not giving into the shame. I'm not going in the self-condemnation route. Um, I want to keep the momentum going. It felt so good. In those 20 days, I've never felt better and I didn't want to lose out on that. So I knew that if I could eliminate and obliterate the shame, that I would get back on track. And that's exactly what he did. It was, and he said it so matter-of-factly, I was really impressed. 
Um, so that's a great place to start. Now, it might not be as simple for you as just kind of making that mental decision, kind of flipping that switch in your mind. But what it does is it gives us a goal here because if we can reduce the condemnation, eliminate the shame that comes with uh, slips and with porn viewership, then we can turn around a lot more quickly. Now, I've talked about mirror therapy before in this podcast. That is where you look yourself in the eyes, in a mirror, and you speak life over yourself. You, you, you speak words of encouragement, words of affirmation, not just like positive pick-me-ups, but the truth about who you are, who you really are. And you detach yourself from the, the masturbation, the porn viewership, and all the other stuff that came with it. And this doesn't happen very easily. It, it's really uncomfortable to look at yourself in the eyes and to speak positive words. But it's one of the best things you can do to curb your response time after a relapse. So um, that, that again is just another example. It doesn't have to be specifically any of these things, but you want to find the things that are going to not just make you feel good again or, or help you kind of medicate the emotions. You want to find the things that are going to actually stop the shame and allow you to partner with right thinking. So uh, that that is really the goal here. So mirror therapy is great. Um, some of you may have that ability to just flip that switch, uh, probably a, a small percentage of you. Here are some other things you can do. Uh, return to your why. And this is a really big part of, I believe, any good methodology, any good system, whether for this is growth in your finances, your relationships, your family, your business, investing, um, your, your spiritual life, whatever it is, you must have a clearly articulated why. You got to have a really good reason for why you're doing what you're doing. And when you have that why, it keeps you driven and motivated when times are tough, when you're in those weak moments of temptation and you want to give in. Um, and the why also allows you to recover quickly. Uh, it's, it's the thing that gets you back on, back on track, uh, because without a, a clearly defined why, a, a real purpose for what's driving you to pursue freedom, it's very easy to fall into, oh, I already slipped one day, what's another? It's easy to fall into the, uh, this. none of this stuff is even working. I was just lying to myself the whole time. We, we can talk ourselves out of this very quickly when in reality, uh, you've never been closer. And those slips can be leveraged, you can grow, and you can learn. And if you remember your why, it can be the thing that turns things around quickly enough so that if that slip is just a little blip on the radar and you get to move on with your life and walk into greater levels of freedom. Another really good thing is a prayer. And, and we talk about this quite a bit here as well. Uh, the spiritual disciplines can, can go a long way. The, the specific part about prayer is, uh, is how you pray. So it, it's not just that you pray, it's how you do it that really matters. When I was struggling, I would often revert to prayers of repentance. Like, okay, God, I'm so sorry. This is the last time. I promise I'll never do it again. Please forgive me. Um, this feels so terrible. I'm going to use this terrible feeling to motivate me. You know, I just, I kind of had all of those things in the moment that I was trying to use to, to sort of coerce me and, and motivate me and somehow propel me into, you know, some degree of freedom. And it never worked. And so even though I was praying, like no one's ever going to fault you for praying, right? Um, but the way I was doing it 
was actually not conducive to my freedom, not conducive to my success. If you're going to pray after, there's a couple things you want to do. Number one, the most important thing is that you pray to connect with God. When you are in shame, when you've made a mistake, the tendency is to put the walls up. We, we assume separation and disconnection. Now, remember that God has said he will never leave us or forsake us. Never. Okay. There, there were no stipulations added to that verse. He is always with us. Now, sin and making mistakes absolutely is a problem. And I'm not saying that he, he has no disdain for it or whatever that might be, but he doesn't go anywhere. And, and he is just as available for connection as he's ever been in those moments. So one of the paradigm shifts for me was coming to God after a slip, not to, not to seek forgiveness, not to clean the slate and, and start all over again, because I, those things weren't working. They, they seem reasonable. Like the, the theology of it makes sense. Like, yes, I have sin on my slate here. I need to clean things off and start fresh again. But behaviorally, it was just fueling cyclical patterns. So instead, I started to come to God and I started to just say, God, why do you love me? Like I, I, would, just, I would just start to engage with him and, and really engage on a heart level, not go through some cerebral exercises here trying to rid myself of my guilty conscience, but just, God, why, why do you love me? Just remind me again. Because I knew that if I could start to experience God's love in those moments of deep shame of deep remorse and regret that it would it would start to shape and remold my heart towards him towards myself and towards my sexuality and as i started to do this i i began to to see myself differently the the condemnation dissipated and and i saw that that i was able to recover a lot more quickly and I, I want to encourage you that this might sound like a daunting task. I've talked quite a bit actually about hearing God's voice or maybe not quite a bit, but we've talked about it in some other episodes that I'll reference. Um, but that, that is a huge part of the deep clean methodology. It really is learning to tune in to that beautiful, still, small voice of God. And um, that's kind of the, the core part of our journaling methodology, which uh, I haven't seen anything like it in the market that's really helping guys to get free and build their emotional intelligence and self-awareness. So we'll link to that if you want to get into it more. But um, but for me, that usually was journaling. That's where I would um, consult and reconnect with God after a slip. And I found it to be very, very effective. And getting that perspective on how God saw me in the moment, it it basically forced conflict in my belief system. It forced conflict because usually the way we respond to relapses, it's it's based entirely on lies. We we feel like that we should be ashamed, um, guilt-ridden, that there's something horribly wrong with us. We're perverts. We're terrible people. We're never going to get free. We're hopeless. This is just how life is. What's the point? Nothing's working. Everything's meaningless, etc., etc. Uh, when in reality, uh, if, if we can just get our heads right about how God sees us even in that moment, or I should actually say, especially in that moment, that's when you can really bounce back quite quickly from a relapse. So, so that whole perception of self and, and the thoughts that come with it, that is, is really formative. That's really, really significant. 
So I want to encourage you, uh, you know, wherever you are in your journey, remember that relapses are part of recovery. They can be leveraged to enhance your journey to freedom. And if you do some of these practical things like engaging with your why, connecting your heart with God, mirror therapy, and really recognizing thoughts of shame and eliminating them as quickly as possible, it's going to go a very long way for you to recover quickly. Now, here's why recovering quickly really matters. Because you might be thinking, okay, Sophia, this is all great. Um, you know, you have your ideals here. And yes, of course, in a perfect world, we all recover quickly. But does it really matter? Like, what's the difference between me slipping for a day or two or slipping, um, you know, for 30 minutes and then getting back on track? Okay, let me tell you this. Here's the difference. Let's use money as an example. So let's say that you uh, you get... I don't know, you get paid $5,000 a month. All right, that's your salary. $5,000 after all the taxes and other deductions, you get $5,000 in your bank account. And let's say that you um, you accumulate some debt on your credit card, okay? Uh, the kind of debt that you, you can't pay it all off at the end of the month. So the debt lasts, and what happens then the next month is part of that $5,000 goes to pay off your debt. Now, it's not a big deal. Maybe you just pay your monthly payments or whatever, um, or a little bit more, and you kind of gradually chip away at it. Now, let's say this takes you about, I don't know, let's say it takes you five months to pay off some of your credit card debt. And let's say it costs you about $250 a month. And you think, well, $250 a month, that's like 5% of my take-home take money every month. So that's not a big deal. I can handle $250 a month. It's only 5%. Big deal, right? Okay, at the end of five months, the $250 is now just a little bit over a thousand bucks. I guess it's $1,250. The question, of course, is if you didn't have that debt, what could you have put the $1,250 towards? Maybe you could have bought something nice with it. You could have invested it. You could have given it away. Uh, you could have, you know, supported a friend or reached out to someone in need or you could have just, you know, got that, that device that you always want to get, upgrade your phone or uh, get some nice shoes and clothes and go on a little spree. Um, you could have used those resources to further your purposes instead of recovering from the mistakes of your past, from the debts of your past. And this is why recovering from a relapse matters. The more indebted you become after a relapse, the longer it takes you to recover. And in the process, you spend resources remedying the recovery instead of furthering your, uh, your, your freedom. So this is why it matters. It does matter. Whether you relapse once or twice matters. Whether you relapse for a day or for a week matters. And this is why you want to bounce back as quickly as possible. Now, let me give you that list one more time here as we wrap up. You want to connect with God. That's probably the biggest one. Get to that heart connection with God as quickly as you can. Mirror therapy. Speak truth and life into your soul in front of a mirror while you look yourself in the eyes. Recognize thoughts of shame and eliminate them as quickly as possible. And lastly, engage with your why. Remind yourself why you're pursuing freedom and keep that at the forefront to curb your thoughts and to encourage you to get back on track as quickly as possible as possible. Hey, in, in conclusion, uh, wherever you are, whether you're relapsing every day, once a week, once a month, maybe once a year, you can use these relapses as opportunities to get free. Remember that a mistake made once is a mistake. A mistake made twice 
is a choice. I want you to choose better and I hope these uh, these little tips we gave you are going to help you do exactly that. Thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me and I consider it a huge honor uh, to be able to talk with you guys and to be able to help you in this part of your life. If you want to find out more, you can go to my website, sathiasam.com, and I encourage you to subscribe to my newsletter. We send out weekly reports uh, with just some of the latest findings, some of the latest research insights and discoveries on how to get free of pornography and stay free of pornography long term. I hope this episode's helped you lead your life with integrity and confidence, and I'll see you very soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.